Hey everyone, welcome to Sisters in Zion. I am so, so happy to be back here with you. I feel like it's just been a minute or for me, a couple months, <laughs> but for you guys, you're listening to our podcast and we appreciate you just following along with us, whether you're jumping right into our journey now or you've been following along with us from the beginning. We're so grateful that you're here to have these conversations to draw closer to Christ. and. I am excited that my best friend Danielle is here. Hello. Hi, everybody. Great to be on with you. Yeah. So we've been chatting today in our conversation about how Sundays challenge us the most. And like to even admit that is like, oh my gosh, like, but I guarantee that's resonating with you guys right now, right? You're like, oh my gosh, yeah. Sunday possesses its own unique challenges, doesn't it? Very different. In fact, that's what we were processing is do we record today? Because I had just gone to church and just little things come up and it's just interesting. So as I was processing it with Kirsten, I realized actually I bet a lot of you sisters feel the same way. And for me, what came up today was I don't feel like I have that many friends at church and I don't know, do people want to be friends with me? Like sometimes I get challenged in that area. I'm, I'm single. I'm alone. I go to church alone. I don't have a spouse to sit by. That's my friend. And I'm not even thinking that replaces it. I don't really know, but it does come up. And then I come back and I'm like, gosh, am I, I you know, where do I, how do I make friends or, you know, it's just, it's interesting. So I wonder, and I, I bet a lot of you feel the same way. You feel Maybe you don't know how to make friends, or you're not sure if people want to be your friend at church, or maybe um, you're not sure if, um, yeah, I don't know. Just I, I guess I'm not really sure of the exact words, but just where your place is or where you fit in. Well, also really looking, and we, we were looking at this for a little bit before we started recording, and, and really looking at it like, okay, is that even true? right? Like, is that the real issue even? And I would say, just going back for just a second, there are expectations that we have had or still have for a Sunday. So for me, you know, what you're saying is you go to church and you want to have a friend to sit by. You want to have like your group of people. And for me, I want to go to church and actually be in a space where I can feel the spirit because I have five boys ages 12 to three. And sometimes a 12 year old is the worst. Like, <laughs> no, just because they grow up does not mean they act more reverent, you know? And so most of the time, Kyle and I don't sit by each other, actually. It's usually like bookends of us trying to rally these children at church. And it, I, I rarely feel the spirit. And somebody gets up and, you know, bears a testimony or doesn't, I don't know, whatever happens. And I get triggered, like, oh my gosh, like, why am I even here? Like, why do we even come to church? I mean, all these thoughts. So I feel like we, we wanted to talk about how Sundays challenge us the most. And I think one of the reasons, there's a few reasons why. One is we have expectations about how things should be. And Satan is right there to bounce right on that and to magnify it into something that is, you know, part of our weaknesses. And he knows all those, right? Secondly, Sunday is a day of reconciliation with the Lord. So there is joy to be had on Sunday. There's also a time to cut out 
you know, what did we say before? Like you, you're cutting out like the worldly influence. You're setting aside this day. So you're not working on your doctorate on Sunday. I'm not working on my business or, you know, going to the store. I mean, it's, it's a day that is set aside. And when you set aside, you, it's like everywhere you go, there you are. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden I'm like, oh, dang. I'm actually supposed to search my own soul on Sunday and help lift up others. And, and it's like all of my weaknesses are just staring me in the face, all of them. And I'm like, ouch, I don't like this Sunday. Like, ouchie, gosh, I thought Sunday was a day of rest, but man, you know, and it can be, right? We're just talking about one aspect of like how we sometimes feel on Sundays. So how can we move through these thoughts? What are some of the things, you know, Danielle, maybe share like a little bit of your process, what we were talking about and, and yeah, let's go from there. Yeah. I find it interesting. Cause like you said, like the other days I'm able to really stay focused on certain action items that keep me like very detailed and very excited about what I'm working on, a course, you know, that I'm working on my dissertation or whatever, you know, publishing a book for my dissertation. And, and so it's like, yeah, you just feel in control probably is a good word for it, but also like, also a little distracted though, achieving and distracted from inner, Mm -hmm. you know, probably distracted too. Yeah. I appreciate. And so I, I've been going through this process of every time something comes up that, doesn't feel aligned with God, doesn't feel right. I'm like, I'm excited that it came up. I'm like, thank you for not sitting in my subconscious. Like that's very, very good. But when it comes up, it's like, you kind of have to face it or you can, you know, shove it back down, but I don't, that's not the best way to process it. So, so today when I got home, I just was like, trying to understand like, and and I was like, I don't know if I want to do the podcast. I feel like I I don't even have any, I haven't made sense of this and I don't feel good about myself. And, and so I was trying to figure out how do I get back to being aligned with God? And so the first thing I did was I just dove in like, okay, what came up for me when I saw this group of girls talking and having fun and I wasn't part of it. And I was like, what came up for me? And that's when I realized, Oh, I feel that may trigger this un this false belief in me that I uh, people don't want to be my friend, which is totally not true. I have like I have a lot of friends, but it was just in that moment of this this unbelief that's actually down deep in there from whatever. So I was like, oh, I'm so glad it came up. So that was the first thing I did was just thanked it for coming up, and I asked for forgiveness for it. I asked, I commanded it to like I now choose like to like release you. I don't want that thought. And I just replaced it with, actually, I have a lot of friends and I replaced it with the positive, with the truth that I do want to create in my life. And so I just was doing that. And the, the truth is like a lot of people um, want to be my friend. A lot of people want other friends as well. And so, so that was good. And here's what happened is as I was doing that processing, it was helping. Yes. But I still was feeling a little down. And, you know, the only thing that really got me out of it was to stop thinking about it. <laughs> and I, I ended up, um, my cats were like, you know, trying to play with me. And I was like, perfect. So I went and played with the cats. And it's like it alleviated. So in the book Essentialism, I love how he talks about the essential things that you can do in your life that help create the most success, right? One of them, he has a whole chapter on play. 
And so after I started playing with them, I, came, I realized I just, cause all my spirits were lifted and I was like, Oh, play. So play, like taking some time when you're sometimes like when we're processing and we're in the heat of like trying to understand things, it's better. I find to just relax and play, do what you need to do and then come back with hindsight. Not everything can be understood when you're in the thick of it. Sometimes we have to have the hindsight to get it. And so that, I mean, I feel like I'm not completely in hindsight, but that was my process when I got home and I realized playing with, cause I don't have children, but playing with cats, like is absolutely what helped me just alleviate how, yeah. Well, was- when you have children, they sometimes want to play with you and then other times they want to beat you up. So I don't, I actually think the cat thing might actually be a little bit nicer with children. You have to deal with all their emotions and how they didn't like church and how you're the worst mom and blah, blah, blah. Um, no, I love what you're talking about play. I actually just bought a rebounder trampoline. So one of those little mini trampolines, I have heard from lots of high level people that I follow, like the, the way to get out of your emotional funk is just to go move. And, you know, I don't always want to go for a run, but I can like hop on this trampoline for, you know, five minutes or whatever and just clear it out. So I'm going to work on that to be continued. I want to bring up something. I'm going to call you out for just a second because I really feel like what you said earlier um, when we were not recording is going to be really valuable. And I hope this is okay. But so you said, I feel like sometimes I don't, like I don't have it all figured out. I don't have the answer. I'm not fully in hindsight yet. And so it can be challenging or I feel inferior or I don't, not inferior wasn't the word. That was my word actually. But um, I feel like I'm not, I don't know. Like I'm, I don't know if I can really teach something because I'm going through it, right? You know what I'm talking about? And so I just want to point something out. I, I actually totally see where you're coming from with that. And I think a lot of us fall into that trap. Like, well, I'm not good enough yet. I haven't learned the lesson yet. However, I think it is so much more valuable to process together, to like go through this. I think that's why a lot of our listeners listen is they're like, oh, you know, here's Danielle and Kirsten and they have achieved a lot of things in their life and they're doing well. And wow, they still struggle with all of these you know, false beliefs and what is their process, right? And so it's all these different layers that we're going through together. And one of the best things, you know, we were talking about wanting to have friends, right? You were talking about wanting to have friends at church and, uh, you know, you and I, our friendship is by far one of the most valuable things that I have. I'm so grateful for it. And really thinking about like that one person who is your empathetic witness. And I'm taking that word, um, those words from a guy, Ben Hardy, who we just had the privilege of learning from um, at a retreat that you put together this uh, a few weeks ago. And he taught us about being an empathetic witness and like that person who you can go to that will listen, observe without judgment, allow you to be exactly who you are in that moment I think we probably all have a friend like that, but I want to also invite you to think about your empathetic witness and maybe like, I think there can be good empathetic witnesses and there can be empathetic witnesses that keep us where we're at. You know what I mean? Like there's certain people like I call you, Danielle, when I need to process through something with somebody who will listen to me, but also who knows 
my true desires, like in life, like my goals, my, you know, where I want to get, and you're not going to let me shy away from them. Right. And so like having that friend, personally, I think the value of having that type of empathetic witness is like, it's so special and wonderful. It's like a little accountability partner that like loves you, you know? And sometimes that person the only person that that can be is the Lord. I find myself sometimes like last night, I think it was too late to call you. I was driving and I was, you know, just mulling over something in my head. And I'm like, I just need to call Danielle. And then I was like, no, you know what? I need to call the Lord. Why do I think that he's so far away? I don't know. Why do I think he's so far away? Oh, that's awesome. But I I totally agree. And even being that empathetic witness for others will create more of empathetic witnesses in our lives. Like sometimes it can be your mother. Sometimes it can be a brother. I mean, it doesn't, and it's just, and so that's just a psychology term for basically uh, what we use for trauma. When someone's gone through trauma, the best thing to help people process trauma is just being an empathetic witness and just listen, basically just just empathizing and listening um, and allowing them to just go through what they're going through. But um, it, it's just like I love with even our friendship as well. I can, in, and we each can create this with whatever friendship, whether that be whatever relationship you're having the discussion in. But being in a place where I can say, Hey, I just need to process this. And I know that I am not going to be judged for no matter what, like lame, inferior, bratty, or self-defeating thought I may tell Kirsten, for example, or the Lord, right? I may tell Kirsten, like, just, this is exactly what came up for me. And it's in it. And I know she's not going to judge it. because I know she sees the true me that I am, right? But then she's also not going to allow me just to get away with the blame towards something else or someone else. And she goes, well, really? Is it that person or is it you? And I'm like, yep, it's me. All right, fine. <laughs> but it's true. We do that for one another. And I know, you know, to kind of bring up, I think we did this right on this podcast with Kyle. Do you remember when we were processing that whole thing? Yeah. Back to what you just told me, that whole thing about how you were upset with him about the technology. And I asked, well, why do you like to be upset with him about that? You guys, do you remember (laughs) this episode? Like, I don't know which one it was called. It's probably about, I'm going to say four episodes ago. So if you want to know what we're talking about, I was so in it, like mad at Kyle, but then mad at myself and like not being able to figure it out. So I actually just shared with Danielle, um, you know, obviously my spouse is an empathetic witness for me and I'm so grateful for him and the way that he just loves me no matter what, you know, and I, I don't know, it's, it's a challenge to be married for sure. It's a challenge, you know, not to be married for sure. Right. But I finally realized, and I really, I, okay. I want to like transition into this because it's so good. I think it's really important to give yourself credit where you have been making progress. I said this to Danielle on the phone a couple of days ago as she's talking about new challenges that she's facing. And I just wanted to bring up for all of you, like, it seems like we're all focused on the next thing that we have to solve. You know what I mean? And, and so then like, instead of honoring what we already have solved and where we already are. So I was having this conversation with Kyle a couple of days ago and I was getting really upset at him. I was 
instantly triggered. I, I walked away from him in this huffy, puffy kind of like annoyed, you know, and he, his first reaction is always like, what, what's going on with you? And I freaking hate it when he says that to me. Like, I'm just like, stop, stop right now. Stop talking to me. Everything you're saying to me is like totally triggered. Please stop. You know, I'm getting tears in my eyes and he's just sitting like, he's just kind of like, uh, what should I do right now? And I'm like, nothing, do nothing. And he's like, okay. Anyway. So I'm sobbing and I'm trying to, trying to explain to him like what's going on. And finally it hit me. I feel inferior to you. And because I feel inferior, I choose to feel you're, and be careful with this sisters. Kyle does not make me feel inferior. I choose to feel inferior because of how he is and what he knows and, you know, his strengths. Right. And, and I do think this relates even to like what you were saying, Danielle, about being at church and just instantly seeing that group of girls and you're just kind of like, oh, you know, like, is there some inferior, is there some like internal, like I'm choosing to feel inferior. I'm choosing to decide like, I'm not a part of that, you know? Anyway, this word inferior, like, and, and because I was able to just cry it out to him, like I was crying and I told him, I'm like, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. No, I told him, pay no attention to the tears. I'm processing emotion. And so rather than, oh my gosh, that is so big for me, you guys, like for the last 10, 15, whatever years of my marriage, I would have judged myself for crying. I would have been like, oh no, I'm acting like a baby. Like uh, here I am again, I'm crying again. And instead I was like, hey, I'm going to process this emotion. Don't take it personal. I'm going to just let it out. This is what I need to do. And I need to tell you that I feel inferior. That took, how long have I been married? 14 years. That took 14 years for me to admit that in this certain aspect, it has to do with technology, by the way. He's just so freaking smart when it comes to technology. It drives me insane. I feel inferior. And that was it. And he just, that, that actually, and because he's been working on himself too, he just took that. He was, he just, he was an empathetic witness. He was like, oh, okay. Like I, that makes sense. Like, okay, I can see that, you know? So it's interesting. Like if we can have these like more mature conversations with each other where we're really saying what's wrong, it's not actually the other person. It's me. I, I'm choosing to feel blank. And then ask yourself why, and then move forward from it. And also don't expect that it won't kind of come up again, just because you've identified it doesn't mean that you're like clear of it. Right. But it is definitely the step towards being free of it for sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think it's a very good example of just that we do create our own, our own thoughts are what creates the beliefs and the reality. And when we take ownership and not blame them is when we finally can break free of them. The part that we think is hard is like even taking ownership is um, it's like, Oh, okay. I got to take ownership of this, <laughs> but it's so freeing. And once, once you kind of get the habit of taking ownership for those types of emotions, it's, this is like the wrong word for it, but it's like almost addicting. Like, yay, what else could I take ownership of? Because that's so much fun. <laughs> so I love that about it. And that's why when that triggered for church from at church, I was like, you know what? I know this is just my own thing. Let me just 
process this. And I came home and was able to go, oh, that's what came up. Huh? That's interesting. And again, I'm so glad it came up because A, it's not truth. And me operating in that way subconsciously is what will actually um, deter people from being friends with me at church. And so I was grateful for it. And then it just made me go, wow, now that it's up and I can combat it and with like love and, and the actual truth, then now yeah, I get to, you know, not have to live in that world anymore or live in that, you know, self defeating thought anymore. It's so, so amazing. So that's really cool that with Kyle, that you were able to, I think in all of our relationships, imagine being able to do this, empathetically with each other, right? That you were able to acknowledge that with him and how relieving even for him to like, what did I do? You know, and just like to be able to go, Oh gosh, this is so you're modeling what he can do with you and what, and what you were doing with him just allowed him to feel more probably love and gratitude towards you. I think so. I could, I saw the change on his face when I said, I took ownership of it fully. I feel inferior. You could you could feel his compassion towards me. It was like this instant, like, oh, okay, like I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Like it's it was interesting for sure. So I want to just kind of like again move it, you know, as we're finishing up, and and I really want to talk about how you have made headway, like. Oh my gosh, we're, we're actually moving into a new season too, right? I mean, depending on when you're listening to this, but for us, we're, it's August now. Like, yay, I feel so much better in August than I did in the summer. I feel like the summer was like a lot of different things, but August for me is like back at like routine, kids going back to school. My, all of my business goals are right here for me. And I feel like all the lessons that we've been learning, we can now take and apply to our future selves. And what I've been finding, I just did the same thing with you. Like, I'm like, I'm actually surprising myself with what I've learned. It's like I went to boot camp or something and I'm like, oh no, now I'm back home and I'm going to operate. Our natural tendency will be, oh, it's this way. But like, you know better. You know what I mean? Like, just think about that. Like, think about what you already know better and apply, remember to apply those new skills, those new tools, this new mindset that you've been learning. I just feel, I don't know if I'm speaking for myself only, but I, I feel like I'm speaking for most of our listeners too. Like we've all been learning. We've been in learning mode of like analyzing and, you know, shifting our mindset. And like, now I want to apply it. I want to take action with it. I want to prove that I can be trusted with this new knowledge that I can be trusted with, like, I'll give you another example. I was saying, um, so I was, I was gone for two months and now I'm home and I have all this stuff piled on my desk and my, my, my old way would be like, oh my gosh, like I'm not getting anything done. Like, oh, I'm just failing so much. I'm never going to make progress. And then, I, but I was like, almost going to say that. And then I stopped and I was like, oh no, I chose to take off for two months and now I'm back. And I have all of these things waiting for me and I'm so excited to get started, but also give myself the grace to know that I, I chose to take two months off. So good for me that I chose to do that. And I can move forward with grace and love and clarity in the exact way that I choose. And God is my partner in all of this. He's always there. I, it never ceases to amaze me how I will be in tumult and, you know, angst and all these things and, and 
not choosing to bring the Lord in it. And the second, like the millisecond I choose to come back to the Lord, he's right there. He's like, all right, so let's make it better, right? Let's do this together. Let's make it better. Let's move forward. And remember all the tools that you have? (laughs) (laughs) Totally. It's like we put ourselves in our own like (laughs) self-penance. And, you know, I think the, the thing that I've learned the most and it's been helping me like probably progress the most is the there's two things that we do that will absolutely alienate us from, from God's love. And that is judge and criticize ourselves. That does not come from judge from God. Um, and it is not how we progress. It's not how we learn. If you criticize, that doesn't make you not do it again. If you love the fact that, um, like what you're learning and love yourself for just going through it or whatever, you know, whatever it is, if you can love it, then you don't come back to it. So I feel because when you stay close, the only way to stay aligned with God is through his love and he doesn't judge and criticize. And so when we're judging and criticizing ourselves for not doing or not, or, you know, repeating a pattern that actually distances us from him and staying close to him in, which is loving ourselves and loving him is how we actually learn. So anyway, that's one thing I've noticed. And at, every time it comes up, I'm just like, okay, huh. That's it. I almost look at it as a third party. It's interesting. Okay. Well, I, and I actually tell the thing that came up, whether uh, I was judgment or whatever. And I've said this before. I usually tell it, I love you. Thank you. Because why would we expect ourselves to be like perfect already? Like we're not, I just, I mean, it's just like, I don't know. Like I said before, like a child trying to learn to tie his shoelaces. I mean, yeah, he's not going to get it the first time. Cool. It's no judgment, right? Yeah. We judge ourselves. I love, I was just writing it all down. I'm like, if you judge and criticize yourself, that doesn't mean you won't come back to it. If you love yourself through it, that's how you move past it. That's profound. I love it. Thank you. Wonderful. I think we have covered the thoughts of our heart today and just want to express so much gratitude to you um, for listening and for being a part of this with us. You know, we, we were even questioning, oh, you know, should we keep doing this? Is this serving people? You know, we really want to know, we want to hear from you. Like if this does serve you, the way to to share it and express that, like leave us a comment, leave us a review. Like we want to really get these thoughts and these words out into the community more. We would love your support in that. Um, And of course we're going to work on that as well. And maybe even start, you know, stepping it up a bit. Like I think we started this Sisters in Zion podcast um, as a way to draw closer to Christ, to share our process for drawing closer to Christ. And we want more people to experience this. It's really, really fun and exciting. And I think it really serves um, our community. So we thank you guys for sharing and for loving us and um, for going along this journey with us. So thank you so much. And can't wait to see you on the next one. Bye.